This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The top 10 free agents at every single position. Hayden, one of our favorite shows of the year. Today, we are reacting to the lists created by the great Brad Spielberger over at PFF, who is also a friend of the show. We're going to go through who we like in the list, how we disagree with some of the names, who actually might end up being free agents, who might be cut candidates that aren't featured, and so much more, Hayden. We had PFF Brad on the show, I believe it was last offseason, talking about what's a post-June first cut, what is a franchise tag, all the franchise tag details, and we'll get to all some of those applying it to this year of free agencies by position. Yep. And in the description down below, you can see Brad's entire list. Uh, he has them in a bunch of different ways. This one is all written up, even compared to another free agent contract that said player has previously signed in the past. Again, Brad is the absolute best. Hopefully you're already following him on Twitter. And all those links are in the description down below. Okay. Today, we'll kick it off with wide receivers. Top 10 list. We'll kick it off with the top five. T. Higgins, Michael Pittman Jr., Mike Evans, Marquise Brown, Calvin Ridley. Hayden, of these top five, how many th- do you think are actually going to hit for agency? I think three of them will have a chance to leave. Uh, T. Higgins and Michael Pittman are the obvious franchise tag candidates to me. Franchise tag, that's a one-year deal, no long-term commitment. For the wide receivers, that's at $21 million, which is more than most of the other positions because it's based off of how much money the top players in the market make at that position. So to me, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, these are in their prime. Big receivers can do a little bit of everything and are very important to teams that I think have a chance to be in the playoff mix next year. So T. Higgins and Michael Pittman would be the franchise tag candidates. And then obviously Mike Evans, there's so much history between him and the Bucks. He would be the one that I'd be surprised to go. Um, but I think the first steps, franchise tags come before free agency. And I think T. Higgins and Michael Pittman will be off this list by the time free agency starts. I bet Michael Pittman by the end of this offseason winds up with a long-term deal. I mean, Mm -hmm. that team has so much cap space, about $54 million in effective cap space, aren't tied to a ton of young players, and he obviously is a cornerstone piece of that. You and I disagree a bit here on T. Higgins. I actually want to kick it on over to our buddy Joe Goodberry, another from the show, because Mm -hmm. no one knows the Bengals better than Joe. Just how roster construction works. There is a balance of how many high-end contracts can we afford if the more you afford on the high-end contracts the more you fit under the cap the more rookies the more cheap talent the more cheap options you need to play on your team starters depth players role players 
this past year in 2023, the Bengals got 8,000 snaps from players on rookie contracts, cheap talent. Guys like Miles Murphy, Dax Hill, Jordan Battle, Cam Taylor Britt, DJ Turner, Cordell Volson, so on and so on to the depth guys. T. Higgins as well, still on his rookie deal. Those 8,000 snaps ranked 32nd in the league. The Bengals got some of the least amount of cheap talent starting for them in the league. When you pay a T. Higgins, you're now relying on that portion to grow. And it becomes very risky. So there are other parts of it with the Bengals too. Anyone that's followed their cap situation for a long time, they are not, let's say, modernized when it comes to contracts. Like all these teams do these funky things to either keep players, which in terms is giving them more guaranteed money at the top or void years, so on and so forth. The Bengals are very like vanilla with their contracts and it has forced them to lose some good players in the past, Jesse Bates recently. So I hear it from your angle. I mean, the team actually has a lot of cap space, about $53 million. Yeah. So like a franchise tag makes sense. I don't think T Higgins and the Bengals will come to a long-term deal. So to me, I think there is a chance that he walks away in free agency. Well, I just think that would happen the next year. Joe Burrow said that he took a little bit of a pay cut when he signed his long-term extension, worked out some of the money uh, to help the Bengals retain somebody like T Higgins. But yeah, I think the most interesting names, and this is kind of the sweet spot for now, Marquise Brown, Calvin Ridley. I view those two kind of as decent players, not true number ones. But when I watched Marquise Brown, just for a little bit of film study going into this, I thought he was pretty damn good. I thought the explosiveness and the ball tracking was pretty impressive. Obviously, the injuries have been a problem when the Cardinals traded for Marquise Brown. They wanted to hit a home run with Kyler Murray. Well, neither of them were on the field enough to make that pairing work. Obviously, the Arizona Cardinals have the potential to draft somebody like Marvin Harrison or Malik Neighbors at that fourth overall pick. But if Marquise Brown does walk, and I don't think he's probably worth the $21 million on the franchise tag, if he is a true free agent, he would be the name that everyone should be kind of circling because yeah. I think at the very worst, he's still a very good number two wide receiver. He's still only 26 uh, years old. So a team like, let's say, the Patriots, even re-signing with the Cardinals. I think those type of teams that need somebody to fill out this wide receiver room, I think Marquise Brown's the best name on this list. I think this is a great conversation to have. By the way, PFF Brad, Brad Spielberger, projects him for only a one million or one-year $12 million contract. Um, that's a prove-it deal in a lot of ways. And it somewhat makes sense when you consider the injury history that Marquise Brown has had recently and obviously the heel stuff that he dealt with all season long. I am with you in terms of when he's been on the field this year, he legit has juice. Yes. Now, has that equaled downfield 20 plus yard receptions with Kyler Murray? It's despite being awesome friends dating back to their days at Oklahoma, if it seems like they've never been on the same page in that department. But when looking at the rest of this list, and again, keep in mind that this is a top 10 that includes Gabe Davis and Darnell Mooney, who we'll get to in a moment. Um, he has the most juice on this mm -hmm. list. And that will be coveted in free agency that, to me, will equal more than just a one-year deal for a team. Yeah, if if it's only $12 million one year, I would be running to get that done as well. Um, similar player in Calvin Ridley. The difference is Calvin Ridley is 30 years old. Jacksonville has a huge decision on their hands. We have a full video on this. 
They're currently sending a third round pick to the Falcons going back to that trade. If they sign him to a long-term extension, that goes into a second round pick. So there's a little bit of draft capital at stake here. To me, he's like right on that border of like how valuable he is. He's very clearly a good downfield player, but is he moving the needle and is Jacksonville in that spot where they are competing for a Super Bowl or do they want to get a little bit younger and prioritize some other positions? We, after posting our video, got uh, got a lot of feedback on that deal and that potential trade that would have to go in the direction of the Atlanta Falcons from Jaguars fans and many galaxy brained it where they said, oh, if we use the franchise tag on Calvin Ridley, that would only equal the third round selection that goes in the direction of the Atlanta Falcons and not the second round one. The other part of that is if you use the franchise tag on Calvin Ridley, then you can't use it for a guy we're going to talk about later on in Josh Allen, the edge rusher. And obviously the latter is younger and a player that you definitely, definitely want to keep. I'm of a fan. I'm a fan of Calvin Ridley. I think at times he was asked to do things that he shouldn't have right. in this Jaguars offense in terms of being like a true ISO X wide receiver. But if he goes to a team that has that, doesn't have to be the best, but has a guy who can win on the boundary and he is more of you know, the movement player uh, and, you know, lots of breaking routes. I think he can be absolutely effective despite being that 30 years of age. I view him as a vertical number two wide receiver. And speaking of vertical number twos, the next three-ish names, Darnell Mooney, Gabe Davis, Odell Beckham. To me, I went back and watched Darnell Mooney and he's had some moments, certainly like the dude can legitimately fly. I was extremely underwhelmed with what he put out last year. I thought, his contested catchability, it was really Rough. poor. Yep. I thought he really struggled against press coverage. And I saw that earlier on in his career, even when he was productive. To me, he, he's a player that if you could get the right offensive coordinator and scheme him open, if you can get him on some of these uh, pre-snap motion looks, if you can get him into the slot, that type of stuff, you can get production out of him. But to me, he's more of a number three wide receiver, a deep threat put him on a contending team and maybe kind of that Zay Jones is role where he's just going to see six targets. He doesn't have the physicality that even Zay Jones has. I just don't think that he's like even a number two wide receiver. And I went back and watched compared to like Gabe Davis. I thought Gabe Davis was just a better player in general. Gabe Davis can play more on the outside than what Darnell Mooney would. Um, but I think that he's been a, a kind of a, a hyped up player, but I don't really necessarily see it all the way through uh, for Darnell Mooney. So there's a clear difference to me in Darnell Mooney closer to the line of scrimmage and then Darnell Mooney further down the field. Um, He is at his best as like a vertical player and just running, striding out. And I actually think in some of those contested catch situations, he is better than trying to be physical near the line of scrimmage. They asked him to block at times for DJ Moore did not work out. He was even the screen guy at times. And anytime, you know, he had to be a physical corner, either in the jam, press man coverage, didn't work out. But, you know, previous play callers on this team too have like tried to manufacture some space for him underneath. The simple way of putting it is I think that there's a Darnell Mooney in every single NFL draft. For cheap. So why pay one Mm -hmm. in free agency unless you are like truly desperate for vertical downfield speed? I have some team pairings. I think this is – a Panthers player where you can get in there. You're going to get some juice out there. He's only 26 years old. They need to start somewhere. I don't think Darnell Mooney is going to be that expensive. I hope he's not, but I think that's where you're going to get there. You're going to eat some snaps. You're going to have some playmaking. Some of these teams, maybe even like the Buffalo bills where they just could not get an explosive play when it mattered. 
that would be the kind of role I would put him in. I wouldn't try to expect more than that, though. Uh, Brad projects Darnell Mooney for one year, $9 million. I would rather do the $3 million on top of that and go get Hollywood Brown. Way Very more. So. Okay, the next five, as you said, Darnell Mooney, Gabe Davis, Odell Beckham Jr., Tyler Boyd, and then Curtis Samuel. We'll hold that last name for a little bit here. Uh, Gabe Davis has been a lightning rod of a player to talk about in fantasy football if not just football in general over mm-hmm. the last couple of years because of obviously the four touchdowns that he scored against the Kansas City Chiefs then was drafted super early and while i would say maybe the external evaluation or belief in Gabe Davis has wavered to me he has kind of always been the same player where he has thrived on kind of Josh Allen broken plays along the sideline And once he kind of strides out, he does have some downfield presence. Mm -hmm. But if you ask him to break off his route or especially be a primary pass catcher, Mm -hmm. that absolutely is not his game. I I agree with most of that. I think sometimes we get over critical of him uh, beating press off the line of scrimmage. I saw some reps where he's able to do that. So you can put him on the line of scrimmage out there. He can be a next wide receiver. Depends on the offense. They rolling out. But yeah, he's he's a limited player. That said, he stiff is to me. He, he is he is stiff. Uh, he also I think is pretty likely to test free agency because the bills are forty three million dollars over the cap right now. But the bills desperately needed the Gabe Davis type of archetype in that loss to Kansas City. They had a fourth percentile explosive play rate. So Gabe Davis for his warts, he does solve a problem. He will give you some broken play, a little bit of contested catch situations, and can play on the line of scrimmage. So there's a an offense that is looking for the Gabe Davis type. So I would rather have that than Darnell Mooney, which is like vertical slot type of players to me, pretty easy to find. And now on top of it, Gabe Davis's teammates seem to love him. They call him an absolute dog and that he's one of the toughest dudes in the locker room. So take that for what you will. That is something that those of us in the outside uh, have no appreciation for (laughs) that way. Um, Okay. So Curtis Samuels on the end of this list. I will always be a fan of Curtis Samuel. I went back and watched him. I know he played more as like the wide receiver three. They rotated people in a lot in the slot. He still has the wiggle in his routes Mm -hmm. to manipulate corners and create that separation. Um, He still is kind of fun with the ball in his hands after the catch. Um, I think he is one of the more underrated route runners Mm -hmm. after you get after that number five grouping and then everyone else left on this list. Compared to Tyler Boyd, two slot type of players, I think Curtis Samuels has way more juice. So uh, I'm I'm totally there with you. But always dealing with injuries. And that right. is a huge caveat onto it, that teams hate paying for players in free agency that then they are paying to stay in the medical room. But the players that hit free agency are often the players totally. that the teams got sick of because they were on the injury report. Uh, I have some cut candidates and stuff yep. as well. Um, Mike Williams with the Chargers, they need cap space coming off a torn ACL, but he is that big X wide receiver. I think he would be like a fit with like the Chiefs, for example. Tyler Lockett is kind of somebody that's teetering on the cut list as well. Hunter Renfro, he's been kind of out of the picture. Uh, New GM over there, they can save some money. Zay Jones, same situation. They have a lot of decisions to make with their wide receiver room. And then like MVS. And I think some of the sexier trade candidates, Keenan Allen is in the same situation with Mike Williams. I would expect him to stay way more so than Mike Williams. Correct. I think Mike Williams is definitely gone. I think that Keenan is most likely going to say 
if a team is out there that wants Jerry Judy for $13 million, I think that the Broncos would be certainly willing to part ways with him. I'm not sure if there's any suitors for him. And then the sneaky name is like Deontay Johnson. They can move some money around as well. He's been kind of up and down in that offense as well. But I think it's like the Tyler Lockett, Hunter Renfro, Zay Jones, Mike Williams, one year kind of prove it deals. I think that's kind of the best options for players that aren't on this list. Yeah. A couple more notes here. And I should have said this for all positions. This is only including unrestricted free agents, the exclusive rights for agents or restricted free agents. And for wide receivers, that would be guys like Rashid Shahid and Greg Dortch. Yeah. We would just assume that the teams would keep them with Cheap. some type of tag and round association to them because they often do rarely, rarely do those players switch teams. But if two were, I would always look at Rashid Shahid and Greg Dortch because they're very fun players. And yeah, every team needs a wide receiver. Um, it, Stands out to me that Brad Spielberger ranks DJ Chark as the 12th best. And that is a sign of yeah. just how kind of bad mm -hmm. this free agent wide receiver grouping is. I will say there is Josh Reynolds out there who maybe whoever hires Ben Johnson probably gets signed as their wide receiver two or wide receiver three. Cedric Wilson is a free agent. Um, Demarcus Robinson is a free agent, but I would expect mm -hmm. him to return to the LA Rams uh, as their wide receiver three. And then I even had like Brandon Cooks as a potential cut name. Yeah. Uh, MVS, definitely. Yep. And then Russell Gage has been injured for the past two years, so he'll definitely get cut by the Bucks. Kendrick Bourne, Michael Thomas. These are these are not players you're excited to be starters, but they will be out there for you. Okay, so we go to a mid position in free agency to maybe the strength of any position, the running backs. Makes sense why some top names would hit free agency at this spot. Hayden, let's keep it to the top one right now. Saquon Barkley, okay? There are some fun teams with a lot of cap room out there. Mm -hmm. The Houston Texans, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Washington Commanders. Across the league, it is so difficult to manufacture explosive plays in an offense. Two high shells, difficult to do in the passing game now. So why shouldn't... Saquon Barkley be a priority for a two-year contract for those teams that are in kind of their rookie quarterback window. It just comes down to the money. And the first thing that Saquon has to avoid is the franchise tag. Last year, it was $10 million. If you reapply the franchise tag, it's a 20% increase. So now they're looking at $12 million. Saquon doesn't want to play on the tag. I'm not sure if the Giants want to pay him $12 million. So if he does hit free agency, I'm with you. I think that this would be a pretty interesting hire. Now that the the money, long-term money is in this kind of 10 to $14 million range, that's way more easy to stomach compared to other players, especially Saquon Barkley, so effective in the past game. I always keep saying, you already said it off the top, the Houston Texans. We're talking about Bobby Sloak, D'Amico Ryan. They were just with the 49ers when they traded for Christian McCaffrey. Obviously a huge, huge move that has mostly paid off for them, I would certainly say. I think Saquon Barkley still in the prime of his career. I know he's been dinged up with injuries. That's always the case, but I think that Saquon Barkley still showed enough juice. And on top of that, such a good dude. Like He was out there all the time for the New York Giants who basically never gave him the true long-term money that you would have thought they would have given him. Brad projects Saquon for a two-year, $11 million per year contract, $15 million guaranteed. This is not situations anymore where teams are having guaranteed money last beyond two seasons. And if a player gets injured at this position, then it kind of derails our contracts. They're being very smart about it. It would be very smart, in my opinion, for these teams to take it up a notch on offense because we just talked about wide receivers. Guess what? Titan's going to be even worse. Running back, and specifically Saquon Barkley, is 
the best chance for your team to bring in a free agent that is going to add as an individual explosive plays to your offense. And on top of that, the NFL draft wide receivers have started to watch a couple of them. It's a loaded group this year. The running back group, I haven't watched them yet, but everyone's consensus is the incoming rookie running back class is not very good. So maybe some of these guys kind of turn the corner on the money. And if it is $11 million per year, that is under what Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and Jonathan Taylor are being paid right now. So it, I'd be interested. It, it is not resetting the market. That mm -hmm. is for sure. Okay. Some other names on this list. Two, three, four, five. Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler. A whole bunch of different names. <laughs> Which one intrigues you from that group? Well, I think Josh Jacobs is right there on the kind of franchise tag decision. I don't think he will get tagged. It's just a little bit too much money. They announced that Antonio Pierce is returning. Obviously, Pierce has a lot of love for Josh Jacobs. Tom Telesco, the new GM, has zero connections to Josh Jacobs. I think this one's truly up in the air. I think that Josh Jacobs is a good running back. He's not a true difference maker, can obviously handle a bunch of uh, carries on him. Same thing with Derrick Henry. I thought Derrick Henry still has plenty yeah, of juice. Even and at 30. Yes. Compared to Tony Pollard and Austin Eckler, those guys, I want them in a very specific role. We saw what happened if you give them too many touches, just the efficiency just does not hit. So I think that Saquon, Jacobs, Henry, you can get 250 touches out of those guys. With Tony Pollard and Eckler, I want them closer to like 150. And I yeah. think that when you're getting efficient touches from 150 uh, type of touches, I think that's a good market to hit. But I would not be trying to pay these guys like there's something more than that at this point. So it's exactly what the Cowboys running backs coach said of we want to keep right. Tony Pollard at this spot. And then everyone disagreed. And then look what we got, a less explosive Tony Pollard this right. year who was far less efficient. Okay, to round out this top 10, it's DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Devin Singletary, A.J. Dillon, and then Zach Moss. Just quickly, I would rank Zach Moss ahead of A.J. Dillon. Uh, I wonder who, when watching A.J. Dillon's tape, would want right. to sign A.J. Dillon because he is a big yeah. back who doesn't really win after contact. We know that Zach Moss Rudolph a ton of big games and mm -hmm. big explosive plays uh, filling in for Jonathan Taylor. This stinks for J.K. Dobbins, who came back from that awful injury, looked really good for like three quarters of football, and yeah. then tore his Achilles, right? Yeah, it's tough. I think it's going to be a tough market for him. It's a one-year prove-it type of deal. We saw a player like we're Rashad Penny, equally as explosive. The multiple injuries come, and then really the market's not there. I think the, the one name I I just I would be scared to pay DeAndre Swift as if he's that player that some people believe he's in. I thought he really underwhelmed with the Eagles. So I think this is the point where six through ten, sure, near vet minimum one-year deals. Sure, you can get a season like what Devin Singletary had with Houston, you get some production out of them. But I think at this point, these guys might have to wait in free agency. Maybe the NFL draft comes around. Maybe you can find a round four type of running back that has a little bit more juice with less touches on their body, but pretty underwhelming on the back half of this list. I will add the Dallas Cowboys right now don't have a running back under contract Yes, because Rico Dowdle is uh, also in free agency. So could they be a Derrick Henry team perchance? Yeah, I think the Ravens would be fun. Derrick Henry team. There's there's a lot of well, very the Ravens fun. are also a team that Keaton mm -hmm. Mitchell mm -hmm. coming off an injury. Obviously, Justice Hill is Justice Hill. But in terms of their big backs and Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins, yeah. both are free agents. Yep. Zeke Elliott's free agent. Antonio Gibson also a free agent there. And then some cut candidates. Nick Chubb, I think, is going to have to take a pay cut. I'd be pretty surprised if they completely outright released him. But he's making and I don't know if they money. can because it gets yep. wonky with injuries right. and all that stuff. 
And then Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones, similar situations. I think that Joe Mixon has a chance to be like a true cut candidate and actually hit free agency. Aaron Jones is due for a lot of money. He was he's very good in the playoffs. We'll see if they just say, hey, could you take another pay cut for us to remain with the team, especially with A.J. Dillon. But Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones, I'd put them kind of in that Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard top five discussion with those two guys. Couple things. Uh, one is Ceh going to be your co-host now. That he's a free agent. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do a show with him. <laughs> uh, Devin Singletary's name is on there. He's a fine talent. Mm-hmm. We know that Houston Texans want to run the football a lot. What name would you want the Houston Texans to sign? Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I mean they have all the money in the world. They right do. Now. They have seventy million dollars, and all of the positions that require a lot of money to sign. Our rookie in deals. Jersey, they're already on the. They team. are the perfect Saquon Barkley team. Yeah, it makes so much sense. Make it happen, please. Okay, that is it for running back. Should we quickly do quarterbacks? Not many of them. Not many of them. Brad Spielberger's top seven free agent quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield. In fact, he doesn't even have Joe Flacco on his list. We had to shove him in there. At number four, five is Gardner Minshew, six, Jacoby Brissett, and seven, the best teammate in the National Football League, Jameis Winston. So Kirk Cousins is like the true borderline top 10, top 12 type of quarterback. The rest of these guys are kind of just like plug in and see if there's a rookie that kind of falls into your lap. With Kirk Cousins, I think most likely scenario, one year kind of prove it deal. I think the Vikings probably want him back because it's hard to upgrade on Kirk Cousins and that roster remains pretty feisty, though the the Vikings could sign Kirk Cousins, then draft a rookie uh, in development behind him. But I think very clearly Kirk Cousins is in his own tier here. And then I think the Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, Joe Flacco types, quarterback 24 to quarterback 34 kind of in, across the league. I think no one's going to be super fired up uh, if they were announced as a starter. So do you want to hear what Brad projects for Kirk Cousins' contract? Because I think it's an interesting one, obviously coming off the injury. Two years. $30 million per year, $37.5 million guaranteed. So that $30 million mark per year would put Kirk Cousins right behind Jared Goff and less than what he was previously making, which makes sense yeah. at $35 million. Um, the yeah. only thing with signing Kirk Cousins is you have to have some type of backup plan uh, for who knows how many games, two, mm-hmm. four, six, eight mm-hmm. games. Yeah, I have watched JJ McCarthy. I think he's the perfect Shanahan tree type of guy. We'll see. We'll see what they did. It's too early for all that type of stuff, but yeah, that's, that's the Geno Smith contract. Basically. I think that's a, appropriate. I think a lot of teams would want to give Kirk cousins that type of money. So we'll see if the Vikings kind of beat that to free agency. Uh, would you want to rank Baker Mayfield over Ryan Tannehill here? I would rank Baker Mayfield ahead of Tannehill. I watched Tannehill going into this. He's still fairly athletic. I don't think you want, since he's pretty old now, I don't think you want Ryan Tannehill running around. I thought the biggest difference was just the deep passing. He was like seven for 37 on passes with 20 plus more air yards. And a lot of them were just like straight up left short. So I would be a little bit concerned with Ryan Tannehill. I think like the Patriots, for example, if they're going to draft a quarterback third overall, have Ryan Tannehill in there as a veteran presence, kind of like what the Titans just did with Will Levis. I think that's most appropriate for him at this point. You do have names like Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz out there as backup options on sure. top of it. Um, man, two things. It sucks for Jacoby Brissett, who was you know basically going to start the final two games of the Ron Rivera tenure and then obviously gets injured and can't do that. So 
his only tape from the 2023 season are those fourth yeah. quarters where he stepped in and outplayed yeah. Sam Howell. Let's yeah. put it that way. And then what a weird season for Joshua Dobbs, you know, traded right <laughs> before the, the season. Uh, then the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals yeah. have moments of magic, then becomes a pumpkin, then traded at the deadline to the Minnesota Vikings, has moments of magic, then gets benched, turns into a pumpkin. There were times when he was with the Minnesota Vikings, myself included. We we're like, oh, he's just obviously going to come back and be the starter for this team until Kirk Cousins or whoever else yeah. is going to be the starting quarterback in 2024. And now he's an unrestricted free agent and doesn't yeah. even make Spielberger's top seven. Yeah, it's tough scenes out there for the backups. They can get hot for a second, but the staying power is not there. Now, there are some players that are going to be free agents that were not listed because they're not technically free agents yet. Russell Wilson headlines that list. I've talked about this before because he has so much guaranteed money and there's offsetting language means that a team's going to be able to sign Russell Wilson most likely for basically the veteran minimum. There's no incentive for him to make more money because he's already making that money from the Broncos. Why hurt the team you're signing with? Why just keep hurting the Denver Broncos? So I think that Russell Wilson to me would go right after Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, Russell Wilson, fairly similar to me in my eyes. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think would be a tier below that. Taylor Heineke. And then it's the trade candidates, which I think are a little bit more appealing here for most people. Justin Fields is probably like a second round type of quarterback. Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Kenny Pickett, kind of all the washed up uh, quarterbacks that are on rookie contracts. We'll see if a team like the Broncos want to kind of get interested with that. But to me, it's like Russell Wilson and Justin Fields. You can certainly add to this list. And I guess, well, Jimmy Garoppolo. yeah, I would say Fields via a trade. So it's a little but on the market. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we believe Kirk Cousins probably ends up back in Minnesota. You do. You're, you're, I think so. that. Baker Mayfield back in Tampa. That would not make sense for him to go anywhere else. Joe Flacco. I mean, Kevin Stefanski has already talked about how there would be no drama and no weird feelings if Joe Flacco and Deshaun Watson share a quarterback room next year. Ryan Tannehill is a fascinating one. Prior to this year, you kept saying Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta Falcons. That didn't happen. Uh, yeah. We'll see if Arthur Smith, who apparently, according to Diana Rossini, has been called <laughs> by seven teams to potentially be uh, offensive play caller for. Um Ryan Tannehill in, in New England somewhat makes sense to me. I understand what you're saying about his deep arm. Um, he did still attempt a lot of deep passes right. percentage-wise. Like, it was still at 18% versus, like, Matt Ryan in his final year. That was at, like, 4.5%. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a couple of them fell off. I think he's better than what the late-stage Matt Ryan is, but there's a, there's a leash on what you're going to get out of him. Tight ends. Tight end might be the worst position in free agency this season. Okay? It's tough. Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in room service, bathrobes, and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have. And you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals slash underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right. Three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. One, 
Dalton Schultz, two, Hunter Henry, three, Noah Fant, four, Gerald Everett, and five, Sean Payton's favorite player, Adam Troutman. Your thoughts? Well, I got to kick this one right over to you. You have this theory, <laughs> and I've loved this theory for a long time. I dare you to name a player there talking about second contracts and why you like approaching this kind of free agency at this position. Well, I first will say that this has somewhat been ruined by this year's rookie class of tight ends because they have been extraordinary. But for the longest time in the NFL, you can look at it from the, I don't know, Vernon Davis to now the David and Jokus to the Greg Olsons to so on and so forth down the list. Delaney Walker. Um, Titans really did not break out until their second contract or their second team. Um, there was one player on this list that would make sense for that. And it would be Noah Fant. And if I can try to contextualize that, it's because tight end is pretty difficult. You have to do everything, right? You have to sometimes act as a pass catcher slash wide receiver. Other times act like a sixth offensive lineman. So it's a bunch of stuff to compartmentalize. Again, I think David Njoku is like the perfect example of this. Yes. I mean, many Browns fans are like, why are we paying this dude top market rate? And it's because once he settles in, he can become like a focal point of your offense. Now, am I saying that Noah Fant can be that? Probably not, despite me loving Noah Fant coming out of Iowa Same. because he probably has about five total snaps during his time with the Broncos and with the Seahawks showing that ridiculous athleticism like he tested at the NFL combo. I Yeah, I hope he gets an opportunity where he's not splitting snaps with Colby Parkinson and Will Disley. It's just <laughs> ludicrous what was happening over there. But yeah, he was like the most intriguing upside play. Now, I will say Dalton Schultz, Hunter Henry, to me, still like old, reliable sit over there. Totally. I think you can get plenty of production out of those two guys. If you're trying to shoot for the moon, obviously Noah Fant would be that guy. Gerald Everett's always kind of un underwhelmed me, like opposite of Mr. Reliable compared to Hunter Henry and Dalton Schultz. So yeah, I think the other thing here, Brock Bowers, there's one really good tight end prospect. Last year's class, there was like five guys that were getting a lot of hype. For now, early indications are there's like kind of one guy right now. Okay. That's really it for tight end. Like I have nothing left to say here. I would be surprised. I mean, again, unless they draft someone, the Texans just bring Dalton Schultz back makes a ton of sense. Yeah, they have all the money in the world. Uh, cut candidates, Darren Waller, potentially if anyone's interested in that. <laughs> and his TikToks recently. Have you seen that? I have not. Oh, interesting. That's not good. Interesting stuff. Uh, Johnny Smith, Logan Thomas. This is, it's not a good. Well, point. but if Bill Belichick goes to Atlanta, do we really think that Johnny Smith gets mm -hmm. cut? You know, he might just get an extension for eternity. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Okay. Now over to offensive linemen. We'll first start with offensive tackles. I actually split this up because there's a clear difference frequently between offensive tackles and interior offensive linemen. We'll start with those tackles. Uh, Tyron Smith. Trent Brown, Mike Owenu, and that should have an extra W in it. It's Owenwu, excuse me, Makai Becton, and Jonah Williams as the top five. Um, two left tackles at the top, even though Trent Brown also played right tackle in 2021. The name I want people to remember, and I even misspelled it so you can remember it, is Michael Owenwu. Because I think he could get bank in free agency. He has experience a lot at right tackle, but also has played right guard and left guard in his first two seasons in the league. He's also 26 yep. years old. So I, I'm with you with that. The, a lot of these guys are veterans. Obviously, Tyron Smith, that's a Hall of Famer there. Trent Brown, 31 years old, up and down player. Uh, Jonah Williams, he's been in the league for a while. He actually switched over to right tackle. But, but I think begrudgingly, like I yes, think if he signs he the that. team, he probably wants to be a left tackle. 
Correct. So the young guys, it's Michael Wenwu who has played good good football, and then Makai Becton who has the traits of an elite tackle, but he's basically had one and a half seasons where he's actually on the field. He did play 985 snaps this year, most of them at left tackle. We'll see if there is a personality connection, somebody that knows Makai Becton because he was drafted really high. It did not certainly work out for the Jets. The Jets most likely will be having to spend a first round pick on another left tackle in the draft. So it's kind of like this old veteran types, or do you take a shot at one of these younger players that have uh, maybe a little bit more potential? Yep. Anything else you want to add to the likes of Jermaine Illuminor, who has mm-hmm. played all over Josh Jones, Donovan Smith, George Fant. And I am even stunned that like someone like Cam Fleming makes the top 10 here. <laughs> right. I, I think that I just want to note that the Patriots and the Dolphins and the Raiders, those three teams have multiple players on the yes. offensive line uh, mixes. Thing. And we always talk about continuity. Uh, the Dolphins, they're on kind of the interior side of this equation. Uh, who can they prioritize to keep these guys back? You don't want to go into an offseason where all of a sudden you have like three new starters. So that's another kind of thing to pay attention here. Cool. Um, yeah, I was going to say all that. In terms of free agents that might get cut, uh, Garrett Bowles or a potential restructuring. Chooks a core for, I think, lost his starting job up in Pittsburgh, so he's almost certainly cut. David Bakhtiari has a massive <laughs> cap number. I mean, massive. Yeah. The dude hasn't yeah. played for two years. Yeah, but Rogers, <laughs> Packers fans like still want to get something for him. Um, it might sound crazy, but Ronnie Stanley at left tackle for the Baltimore Ravens because they are even rotating their tackles. He doesn't seem 100% healthy coming back from multiple major injuries. And then after Cam Robinson got suspended all of his guarantees got wiped away mm-hmm. i believe so if they want to go with obviously anton harrison at right tackle and they believe in walker little at left tackle cam robinson might be on the move in order to save some cap space i believe yep one uh intriguing name and this is another packer out there but rosh or excuse me yash nijam nijam freak athlete um he's been like a cool swing tackle mm-hmm. nyman yash nyman i believe mm-hmm. his name is cool swing tackle in other spots. And uh, I could see him maybe getting a starting job or at least getting paid as a nice swing tackle somewhere out there. Okay. Interior offensive one, Kevin Dotson, Robert Hunt, and Kevin Zeitler are the top three. Uh, Dotson coming from the Rams, Robert Hunt coming from the Miami Dolphins and Kevin Zeitler. You'll know him from the Cincinnati Bengals days. And most recently as just always fit, always on the field for the Baltimore Ravens. So with Kevin Dotson, we're talking about a 27-year-old, goes over to the Rams, and this is like where just like Sean McVay works his magic, turns into the number six uh, guard, according to PFF. He's a priority. I don't think the Rams are going to let him go. The names that I think are most interesting here, Robert Hunt and Connor Williams. Connor Williams is a center for the Dolphins. He's coming off of a torn ACL. He was PFF's number two center. Robert Hunt, he's a 27-year-old, former second-round pick. He was also graded out fairly well by PFF. Uh, I don't know. Louisiana Lafayette, the raging classic classic. Well, the dolphins don't have a lot of money. They're going to have to be trading players away. I think this is a team that could have some surprise superstars get moved. I don't want to name them yet, but you start working into the, some of the numbers and how you're going to have to get rid of some of these key players. Tua needs a good offensive line. Connor Williams and Robert hunt, both being on this list is to me a little bit scary. And I'll on top of that, Teron Armstead has dealt with a ton of injuries. His postseason 
let's say media sessions have kind of hinted at a few different directions. Like it's no lock that he is returning to the scene, but you knew that obviously once you signed him to that contract and yeah, these are guards and centers. So Dotson was a right guard last year and he was a left guard before that. So maybe that move to right guard was when he really turned around. And also that happens mm -hmm. with coaching Robert Hunt, as you said, open as a right tackle shifted over to right guard the last three years. Kevin Zeitler has forever been a right guard. And then three names after that, as you said, Connor Williams, Andre James, and Lloyd Cushenberry are all centers. Kevin Zeitler, just want to give him a shout out. 12 straight years in the NFL, every single one of them, 800 plus snaps. That is tough to do. Number seven, eight, nine, ten. Dalton Reisner, Ezra Cleveland, Aaron Brewer, Damian Lewis. Uh, Reisner and Cleveland are kind of linked here. Because mm -hmm. Reisner had a weird season in that he didn't sign anywhere until week three, didn't become the starter uh, for the Minnesota Vikings until week seven at left guard. And because he filled in for the injured Ezra Cleveland and at a decent level, then Ezra Cleveland was shipped on over to the Jacksonville Jaguars right. in a trade who then became a starter for that team, uh, was basically traded for as depth and also knew the offensive line coach. Uh, and Ezra Cleveland is also the only member this year who has been on the list. If you know what that is, you should know that he's been pretty good for being a second or third round selection. Yeah, these are most of these guys, as most guards and centers are third round picks. Uh, these guys are going to make five, six, seven million dollars. This is kind of one of the positions that you can kind of just like swap these guys in and out every couple of years. So I don't think any of these guys like true uh, needle movers, except Kevin Dotson came over. There was basically a star for. Uh, Matthew Stafford. We mentioned it with Illuminor. Uh, we should mention it with Andre James. Again, the Las Vegas Raiders have a bunch of free agents um, at offensive line, and mm -hmm. they would be wise to try to return some of those players. Uh, Aaron Brewer is now the starting center for the Tennessee Titans, was, I believe, the starting uh, left guard before that took over for Ben Jones, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think a lot of times when it comes to offensive line free agency, it's teams that have been awful at that spot who try to add for agents just to get average, you know, mm -hmm. and find that cohesive group of five to coach yeah. together and go again, going from awful to average on offensive line drastically can yeah. change the success of your offense. I think you also want to like just fill obvious gaps. If there's a really bad player, these defensive coordinators, especially the defensive linemen, they move them all, all around. Like you'll see Michael Parsons inside. You'll see Aaron Donald on the outside. If you have a really bad offensive lineman, that yes. player will get completely targeted. Right. So getting average players in there so you don't have that uh, is a win. This is actually the position I disagree most with Brad and his list, and it's names that he has left off. Like, I can't believe Tyler Biotish isn't on this list, mm -hmm. the starting center for the Dallas Cowboys. There's other names like Jonah Jackson, um, even though he's kind of the weak link of this Detroit Lions team. Again, he's maybe another one that where Ben Johnson goes, so does Jonah Jackson. But on top of that, Graham Glasgow, who's the starting yeah. right guard, who has filled in at times at center as well. And then John Simpson, who I believe was drafted by – the Raiders just didn't work out there. Now a Baltimore Raven. He's kind of hit or miss, but has some highlight reel blocks as a starting, I believe, left guard for that team. So there's a lot of starters that are coming from this group, maybe more from any other position that you'll see starting in uh, 2024 for others. Defensive side, just like every team wants a wide receiver, every team also wants an edge rusher. Hayden, we'll start at the top with the two names, Josh Allen, number one, and Brian Burns, number two. Franchise tag sits at $22 million. These guys are at least getting franchise tag with 
Josh Allen, just too much speed, such a priority for them. Uh, new defensive coordinator over there that got the most out of a secondary that did not have a talent like Josh Allen. So I would be shocked if he wasn't there. Brian Burns, I made the case for him on a previous video that the Carolina Panthers should consider about franchise tagging him and then trading him. This is one of the positions where there are franchise tag and trade candidates before. We've seen that uh, like five times in like the last decade across the league, and they just need so much offensive help. So that'd be something to watch there. But those are the, the top young explosive players out there that are probably worth the franchise tag. Yeah, Brad Spielberger is projecting both Josh Allen and Brian Burns to get the franchise tag this offseason. So that could mean the number one free agent out there is Donnell Hunter, who, if you remember back to his LSU days, was obviously a hulking figure. And somewhat because of that defensive system, was a run defender purely, and then was one of the great examples of, hey, draft athletes and they can turn mm -hmm. into pass rushers because obviously with the Minnesota Vikings, despite going through some injuries, has been quite consistent for that team. Yep. But he is a very different type of player than maybe number four on this list and Bryce Huff, who I believe this year only played like 42 or 44% of his snaps. Mm -hmm. So he's a designated pass rusher. But as one, when on the field, you are getting sacks, you are yeah. getting pressures, you are getting disruption, which can be production. And teams will pay for that, even though he's not going to be a full-time player probably for that team. I had the same exact notes. He was third in quick pressure rate, which is if you get to the quarterback in under 2.5 seconds, which is kind of that indicator of if a player's or if a quarterback can get the ball out soon or not. He, third behind guys, Micah Parsons, Miles Garrett. So that's what the kind of category Bryce Huff is out there. Uh, undersized, the get off of the line of scrimmage completely jumps out on tape. So yeah, but between Daniel Hunter, Chase Young, Jonathan Grenard, J.D. Evan Cleone, Zadari Smith, those are different types versus what Bryce Huff is. So I almost think Chase Young and Jadavion Clowney might be on similar career paths here. In okay, that, I like that you are a one-year contract mercenary for our team. <laughs> and we don't know exactly what we're getting from you because I don't want to make an outlander statement here, but I don't even know if Chase Young has been like worthy of the third-round pick that the San Francisco 49ers have put out there. Like, Has Chase Young made two or three plays that yeah. when you watch this 49ers defense? When I understand during his draft process and rookie year, there were considerable flashes dealt with injuries since then. But I don't know a team, unless they really rely on their draft grade, that can watch him now and be like, oh yeah, this guy is worth $15.8 million per year. Yeah. Like even what Jonathan Grenard is probably going to get this offseason. I think it just comes down to the medicals because he still is 24 years old. He was like a truly like rare type but of I don't prospect. see it anymore. Right. Well, that's the thing is, has it been enough time where it should have bounced back if it was coming back? Or is it that he's still ascending coming off of, we're talking about a, a really bad injury. It wasn't just like a clean torn ACL. No, this was a significant injury for him. Just that pedigree, this position, 24 years old, I think some desperate teams going to go out there and maybe give them, but I do like that, that kind of comp with Jadim and Clowney one year deals eventually, just because Personally. I do think most people are going to say, I don't trust him because yeah. of the injuries to keep it up. Grenard should be higher in this list. Grenard this season has been fantastic. And yes. the edge duo that he is with Will Anderson, it would be shocking if he leaves the Houston. Texas. I agree. I agree. He had the same amount of sacks, hits, plus hurries in 2023 as he did in the previous three years combined. Wow. That's the D'Amico Ryan's effect. You've seen this with the, the 49ers for the last couple years. Um, man, that this Stevens line coach could really cook him up. Clowney was fantastic this year. One of his best seasons of his career, super consistent. Can't really bend, 
but yeah. he straight line player and yeah. you can tell that he and Mike McDonald figured out the best use of him. So Darius Smith was the edge rusher opposite miles Garrett this year, Josh Uche. Uh, there's always been this like potential that he hasn't really been right. able to reach. I don't know if he fell out of favor with Steve and Bill Belichick or what, Yeah, but he might be like the lesser version of Bryce Huff yes. in a way. Yeah. 25 years old. I, in my notes, I wondered if he would follow Bill Belichick, if he ends up with the Falcons, cause they're so desperate over there, but he was a guy that you would hope would have played a little bit more than he did, but he's his small. He's like Bryce Huff, but just not as productive. And then Leonard Floyd, you know, uh, first round pick by the Chicago bears, then gets a pretty nice deal with the Las Vegas Raiders. I think he played for the Buffalo bills this season and yeah. did some good stuff for them. Um, yeah. DJ Wanham is a name that wasn't on this list who played a ton of snaps and played at a pretty high level this year for the Minnesota Vikings. And then some cut candidates I had written down, Hayden, uh, Cleo Mack and or Joey Bosa, basically the same team. Yeah. I think Joey Bosa is for sure going to get cut. I think that Cleo Mack is a trade candidate. If he's not a cut candidate, Emmanuel Ogba, another name out there, but I think Joey Bosa um, could be a kind of one year type of deal because of all the injuries he has, but man, he is really good when he's truly healthy. When I mentioned Joey Bosa getting cut on Twitter, um, people were furious and said that there is no way he will get cut, that some team will want to trade for him. Maybe, but one, it's the contract that he is on, the salary that he is on. Maybe there's a restructure that happens there. But he has dealt with so many injuries that he right. just kind of, at times, looked like a different player now than he did three years mm -hmm. ago. If he was traded, it wouldn't be for a lot, and I think right. it would have to come with a contract restructure. It, it, it ultimately ends up being the same thing. Okay, interior defensive lineman. This is a loaded group, yes. and it starts with the top three. According to Brad Spielberger, his top 10 interior defensive lineman, Chris Jones, mm -hmm. Justin Matabuike of the Baltimore Ravens, and Dog. then Christian Wilkins of the Miami Dolphins. Chris Jones is an absolute superstar. Um, I think PFF Brad had him projected for four years, $120 million. I mean, watch and these The number playoffs. one for agent this offseason. An absolute freak. Now, the Chiefs obviously want him back. Now that Mahomes is a little bit more expensive, could they get Chris Jones back under contract? Is this a team like the Texans with all that money say, screw it, we are going crazy with Chris Jones? Imagine having Will Anderson, Jonathan Grenard, and Chris Jones along your defensive line with Derek Stingley at corner. And and Saquon Barkley at running back. <laughs> well, we've, we've, we've put the Texans in the damn Super Bowl. That's that's the fun. When you hit on all these rookies and you have $70 million to spend, you can get superstars potentially like this. I think that Justin Matabuki, if he left Baltimore, that would be an absolute travesty. I think that he's most likely to stay 26-year-old. These guys just don't hit the open market very often. Christian Wilkins, going back to the Dolphins, this is another reason. He's a franchise tag candidate here. But you have to apply the franchise tag ahead of when free agency starts. You have to have be under the Enough cap money. and get all that stuff ready. You have to move all these players around. This is where I'm saying like the Dolphins, something is up. I don't know if it's Jalen Ramsey, Tua. I don't know what who actually has to be moving around all i know is whoever uh is making these shots have heavy heavy decisions to make out there because players like christian watson or christian wilkins very valuable is he a franchise tag and trade candidate they can't move all these players around but that would be uh pretty upsetting for christian wilkins such an explosive player uh to have to leave miami Ooh, i'll try to zoom in on this just to show you at least what tools i use to try to understand the salary cap uh, this is over on over the cap, which is the best. the best. Don't use Spotrack. Go use over the cap. Uh, you can always tell who knows ball if they use over the cap. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, if you go to cap space, right? 
you probably want to sort by effective cap space because that is the cap space a team will have after signing at least 51 players and its projected rookie class, right? So all the way down, as Hayden's saying, the Miami Dolphins, negative nearly $59 million above the cap. And if you click in, it's all, it's like players have like thirty million, like Tyreek Hill's contract. Yep. It's it's expensive. Jalen Ramsey is up there, so big players are gonna have to be moved around, or they're gonna have to do the Saints approach, where it's a bunch of void years, extensions, restructures, now, all that type of thing. We'll, we'll get to linebacker in a moment, but like you can get rid of Ogba and Jerome Ford, Baker, and that's yeah, you know yeah. easily twenty three million dollars, maybe a couple others. But again, you have to get to fifty one, yeah, plus the rookie contract. <laughs> it's not just oh, once we get you know, in cap clearance, we're good. No, because then you still have to fill out the rest of your roster. But then at that point, you're cutting the players that were on this version of the Dolphins team and not just to be back where you were without those guys going to the offseason. Okay, Leonard Williams is an interesting one because this is actually quite reminiscent of when I believe he was traded from the New York Jets to the New York Giants where the Seattle Seahawks just traded a second-round pick for him, right? And then now he's a free agent. And can you pay him? Like... You kind of have to to make good on that round two pick. But at the same time, I'm not saying this was his fault. But when they made that deal, according to some numbers, they were a top 10 defense. And then it fell off the map after that. Right. They The Seahawks, they tried a similar thing with Jamal Adams. That was a total disaster. Leonard Williams, just players got hurt. It just didn't morph together. And they were kind of like, I didn't say that the Seahawks were all in at that point. But they were really trying to get this thing done, obviously, with Pete Carroll. Uh, getting pushed out as well. So I don't know really know what to do with Leonard Williams. Uh, when he's healthy and ready to go, that dude is pretty damn good. Um, still young enough to consider. Um, and then the next name, GJ Reader, uh, really good player when he's out there. This was the second time he's torn a quad. That's scary. And that happened in December. He's so, a kind of 32, right? He, he, he's like right kind of on that, that yeah. crisp. I don't have the exact notes, but tearing your quad twice is pretty scary stuff yeah and you know he's a run stuffer i mean the splits of when he's in there versus not like the Bengals just simply cannot stop the football uh on the ground grover stewart is a run stuffer coming from i believe the university of albany uh and the indianapolis colts i mean this brain yes this brain good stuff um tire tart uh was awesome with the titans something happened maybe with mike vrabel or whoever else and then Uh just got cut and then was picked up for the rest of the season with the houston texans and now he's a free agent again Mm -hmm. and there's other run suffers out there in free agency too jordan phillips we talked about with the buffalo bills their splits when he's out there jonathan hakens tremendously with Mm -hmm. the dallas cowboys their run splits were drastically different that is the type of player that you do not draft typically Unless it's in the later rounds, you just sign yeah. a veteran for agent that can help you stop the run. My feeling is a lot of guys on this list are not truly going to hit free agency. Like Grover Stewart, 30-year-old defensive tackle. Indianapolis they has have so money. much salary cap yeah. to, to get him around. Uh, Terry Tart, I looked back at it. The Texans claimed him off wires. The other two teams that also put in claims for him, the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals, speaking of, probably to replace DJ Reader. There's something that – and then like Fletcher Cox, 33 years old. Daquan right. Jones – 32 years old they're probably ring chasing at this point so uh, i think good list of players here not sure how many of them actually get free agency two interesting names grady jarrett one of my favorite players of all time of all time he's also injured Mm -hmm. um so we'll see if that works contractually if he gets cut and then i know they have a ton of cap space 
But at the end of the season, trying to track Washington Commanders beat writers, Jonathan Allen's name kept popping up here. Again, they have a ton of salary cap, but they want to bring him back. And obviously, they just traded two edge rushers. Um, but his name was mentioned as a cap casualty as well. Interesting. Yeah, that seems like a very good player to be cut. And he'd be top five on this list if yeah, he was out there. In for Florida. sure. Okay, that does it for the big boys. Uh, let's go over to linebackers. Just pretty rough in some areas, but let's say the top three here. Okay. According to Brad Spielberger's top 10 for agent linebackers. Number one, Frankie Louvu of the Carolina Panthers. Two, Levante David, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think should be a future Hall of Famer, but that's just my opinion. Three, Patrick Queen of the Baltimore Ravens, who along and next to Roquan Smith, and then as their slot slash safety, uh, Kyle Hamilton, just an impeccable trio. I think these three players are clear at the top of this list. So with Levante David, 34 years old, I, I would guess he's still going to play because he's still playing good ball. Uh, just to show you, Todd Bowles said that uh, Levante David is one of his favorite players to coach of all time. And Todd Bowles has been in the league forever. So that's kind of status that he's in. Patrick Queen, yeah, very up and down player in general. Once they got Roquan Smith in there, Kyle Hamilton round out that entire unit. He's kind of settled down. He's still only 24 years old, a good athlete there. And then the next two names, Jordan Brooks, Bobby Wagner, both of them on the Seattle Seahawks. Bobby Wagner, 34-year-old pro bowler uh, out there. Uh, 0.75x speed Bobby Wagner was moving at this year. Right. Had a tremendous PFF grade, shocking PFF grade. Yeah, doesn't miss a tackle uh, for his life. We'll see if he wants to play, but uh, Jordan Brooks, I think he's like kind of a must sign or resign for the Seahawks. Uh, otherwise, you're going to be completely resetting your linebacker group uh, once again. The issue with Jordan Brooks, he, coming out of, I believe it was Texas Tech, mm -hmm. um, first round pick, surprise first round pick in some circles. Um, I did not have him in my first round. I missed one. Um, was athletic. Then tears ACL and obviously comes back in time for this season. Uh, did you see... Number six on this list, Aziz Alshair, who was previously yes. with the San Francisco 49ers, obviously got a one-year deal this past season to play with the Tennessee Titans. Did you see in the playoff game ahead of it with the Green Bay Packers? He was in the huddle and in the circle with all the San Francisco 49ers linebackers on the field and like doing their hype ups and warm ups. That's pretty cool, even though you're it, yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. That's weird stuff. Um, other name, I mean, Frankie Louvu, by the way, at the top. Yeah, a that's a new name. Fascinating player right? because he was almost one of those tweeners for a very long time across the league, uh, was like a designated pass rusher. Then they realized, oh, he's making such an impact on the field that we have to find a home for him. So he has been an off-ball linebacker, but then in pass rushing situations, he'll either blitz through the middle or work off the edge. Um, I want to turn your attention to Patrick Green real quick because – Brad's projection for his contract is gigantic. Four years, $18.1 million per year, $50 million guaranteed, $72 million in total for Patrick Quinn. It's like Tremaine Edmonds kind of contract, similar yep. time of players. I think you know? more guaranteed money in that deal. Wow. Yeah. So it's a tough position. There's This is another one of them in the draft. Um, I haven't studied all these guys yet, but the – kind of common thread is where are the linebackers? Where's the good linebacker play? And maybe one of these positions kind of like a throwback to the tight end where, yeah, these young, super athletic guys might be fooled by the Shanahan coaching tree, but you really got to stay patient with them because yeah. if you have a rangy linebacker, look at Fred Warner, for example, how much that helps uh, your defense. Same thing with well, the Ravens as well. 
you know, there was a trend a couple of years ago saying linebackers are like running backs. You don't need to pay them. Now we have the NFL having the most efficient passers in the league receptions over the middle of the field. Right. So you have to have players to defend those. Yeah. Um, to your point with Tremaine Edmonds, it's basically identical to that contract. And the top three earners, Roquan Smith, already on the same team, Fred Warner, Tremaine Edmonds. And then after that, it goes to like CJ Mosley, who actually might be a cut candidate. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then Fourier Oluokun, who was one of my draft darlings coming out of. Classic. Man, you're killing me with these. You think I know these guys? <laughs> Yale. <laughs> Yale, of course. I watched so much <laughs> Yale football back in the day. Uh, other note, though, real quick, on, on the linebacker position in general, quarterbacks are going to only get significantly more athletic. I'm just watching, like, guys like J.J. McCarthy, these pocket quarterbacks, they can all move now. So if, if these linebackers are slow, you got no damn chance anymore, in my opinion. Yeah. Hopefully in the comments you're leaving – Anytime I'm asking for a college, immediately going like pausing it and going to the comments and putting your answer in there. Because uh, sure. as Hayden knows, that's one of my most fun games it is. of all time. I mentioned Jerome Baker. He's a, another possible name. I also, above you know the likes of, and by the way, Blake Cashman at number nine had a huge PFF grade this year. Mm -hmm. Drew Tranquil at number 10 ahead of Willie Gay is interesting because Willie Gay yeah. has been playing above Drew Tranquil and was going to be kind of their quarterback spy against Josh Allen this past week. Um, and no Tyrell Dodson on this list either. Mm -hmm. And Dodson has kind of been that athletic linebacker that stepped in for Matt Milano. Yes. This season. He was desperately needed. Um, yet when I was doing this exercise, you see how much the chiefs need to win these games down the stretch, their entire defense is very good. They're all scattered across this top 10 list. So very desperate times for the chiefs as desperate as you can when you have Patrick Mahomes cornerback list. Brad Spielberg's top 10 free agent quarterbacks. We'll start at the top with the top two names. Jalen Johnson at number one of the Chicago Bears. Legereus Sneed at number two of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Hayden, Jalen Johnson's name was mentioned around the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, and then all he did was go and perform. And he bet on himself and is going to get paid significantly. If he dodges the franchise tag, but young player, uh, you'd think that they'd want to sign him to a long-term contract. Legereus Sneed's like one of my favorite players in the whole league. Like oh, his physicality Trump? is awesome. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to sue you. I this. could be wrong. I believe it's. Louisiana I hope you're Tech. wrong. I believe it's Louisiana Tech. Okay, fair enough. All I know is that dude is an absolute hammer out there. You saw some of these reps against Tyree Kill where he's like throwing him across the, the, the ground. Uh, he will play the run. He's been number one chasing. He's an absolute stud, in my opinion, 27 years old. Louisiana Tech, the Bulldogs, baby. Very good. Very good. I'm, Proud I'm of you. Um, after that, it gets kind of – I'm with you. Like we get the Sneeds who corners don't shadow, don't trail all that often. But, hey, let's stick Legereus Sneed at times when we played Stefan Diggs inside the formation, outside of it, and move all around. So good. That is difficult to do. Yeah. Uh, it tails off after this for me, where you have the likes of Kendall Fuller, Jadobia Wouzier. I mean, I feel like stuff on Gilmore's age hit him significantly this year. Steven yeah, Nelson was getting picked on on the Houston Texans opposite uh, Derek Cena this year. Then you have Kenny Moore, who is still, I think, one of the better slot cornerbacks this year. And I actually think slot corner can be one of those positions that yep. – at times, they are maybe the more shocking signings on the first day of free agency because teams treat them as starters, but also you can find some value out there too. 
same thing with the Dory, or Dory Jackson inside outside versatility. We'll see about him, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The three, four, five on this list didn't really move the needle. There are some cut and trade candidates. Tredavious white coming off another injury. He's a cut candidate. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore talking about teams that have salary cap issues. The saints really have salary cap issues. Marshawn Lattimore is one of the players that could be a trade candidate. I think that those two guys would be very close to the top of this list. All right. We'll close things out with Brad Spielberger's top 10 free agent safeties. I mean, one of one at the top Antoine Winfield. We should put a junior in there. What a player mm-hmm. loved him, loved him in school, loved him. In the NFL. Minnesota. And what he is, is just a now deep safety who covers a ton of ground, lays the wood despite his size. And it's funny because his dad was one of those kind of slot corners who beat up people near the line of scrimmage. And then uh, his son is just flying around the back half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a couple of sick punch outs. He's just such a fun player. Um, I want to see actually what Brad projects for Antoine Winfield. Bunch of franchise yeah. tags on this one. Yeah, it's it seems like it's one of those positions. Um, for Antoine Winfield, yeah, franchise tag. One year, $17.2 million is the projection there. And Brad also projects that for Kyle Duggar, um, who has obviously been with the Patriots and is a superb athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh Cameron Curl, I also believe, is a franchise tag candidate. New staff in Washington that kind of always makes things a little bit more interesting. Uh, Xavier McKinney. uh, Who had an up-and-down season for the New York Giants. Like, apparently he and Wink Martindale did not get along, had, like, a blow-up meeting, and then he still played, and now Wink is gone. (laughs) So it's one of these things where, like, the staff matters. Like, how well do you fit into the scheme that's – the new coach is going to be playing a part of um, Gino Smith or Gino stone. You've probably heard his name because he had seven interceptions yeah. this year as well. Um, and then the next group of these players, these are like very clear starting caliber players. It's a position you can go one, two years at a time. I think that these, this is a position. If you had salary cap space, this is a position where I'm not drafting. Give me a couple of these guys and call it a day. You've heard a bunch of the defensive names that we've talked about associated with the Baltimore Ravens. And it makes sense because uh, you can't pay everyone. And when you pay certain guys and you have this window where you're super successful, it's when a lot of them are about to hit free agency and about to go get paid by someone else. We mentioned it with Justin Matabuike. Hopefully he stays with them. Patrick Queen, we'll see. And now, obviously, Geno Stone at the safety spot coming out of Iowa, a really, really fun prospect. Yep. And then Julian Blackman is kind of like a center field safety, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Colts are one of these teams that have the most cap room in the NFL. So it would make sense for him to return to that team, too. There's a lot of other interesting names, like just kind of big, bigger names. Darnell Savage, Jeremy Chin, and then cut candidates, Jamal Adams, Kevin Byard, trade candidates, Justin Simmons, Quandre Diggs. So there's some like fairly big names that could be kind of moving around this offseason so if you hated your safety play this is an opportunity to easily plug in some holes yeah i I was a little shocked that jeremy chin wasn't mentioned in these top 10 safeties Mm -hmm. uh jeremy chin did not find a home on defense next to ezero evero uh but i think jeremy chin one is athletic and two is a talented player unfortunately he is one of those tweeners one of those hybrid Mm -hmm. players that you don't know what to do with him if you play a certain style of defense but 
could he go to a defensive, a different defensive coordinator and yeah. I think look much better and actually get on the field where he was promised that with the Panthers and it just never happened? Yes, potentially. And I know that you mentioned Kevin Byard and Harrison Smith. To me, the easiest cut this entire offseason is Jamal yeah. Adams and the Seattle Seahawks. Like, just get out of there. Yeah, no one, no one who seems to like him either. So we'll see. We'll see where he ends up uh, this year. Uh, we'll say, a ton of money. Yes, I mean it's the biggest no-brainer ever. Justin Simmons plays for. I don't. The, I don't think he gets cut. I think no, he's no, like one no, of the few candidate. cornerstone pieces on that team. I completely agree with you, but their cap situation is so bad right now. Mm. If he's one of the biggest names, I do think has a chance to get traded. Same thing with Quandre Diggs with uh, Seattle. I think we did it. Faster than than expected, to be honest. Oh, okay. Well, I try to rapid fire through all this stuff. And by the way, we didn't go into too much tape evaluation and individual players because when free agency rolls around, Hayden and I do that when these players sign for teams. So we'll have individual videos on those signings, how they fit, what they have shown in the past, so on and so forth, while breaking their tape down live for all of you. So this is why you need to subscribe to the channel. I should have said that at the top, but I'm saying it now. I love the NFL offseason. It's yeah, because everyone can best. win unless best. you're one of these teams that has to get rid of everyone like the Los Angeles Chargers. Sadly. Okay. That's gonna do it for us. Um, we'll have hopefully a scheme episode on Wednesday. It is focusing on the collision course that Kyle Shanahan and you guessed it, Ben Johnson are on as potentially the two best coordinators in the league on the offensive side of the ball, play callers, I should say, and uh how they do things similarly and differently. Um and then I guess Thursday, Hayden, you and I have our uh, championship game previews. Pretty good players in this, in these games. Pretty good players. Again, go and support what Brad is doing over at PFF. No one is doing it better. His yeah. predictions, projections for these contracts are frequently on point. And again, the dis- links in the description on all sorts of ways you can follow it with trackers and other pieces of information. All right. That's going to do it for us. For Hayden, I'm Josh and producer Weaves. We all say up the villa. Talk to y'all soon. See ya.